If you're an impact investor and believe in the power of patient capital to change lives, build communities, and create a more inclusive economy, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the best podcast, short for Black Entrepreneurs Survive and Thrive, where we share the impact of patient capital when combined with the grit, resilience, and determination of Black entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, founder and CEO of Ironbound Boxing and Ironbound Media, both based in Newark, New Jersey, where I have a passion for social impact, economic development, and community empowerment. On this episode of The Best Podcast, I'm joined by Sharif Muhammad, founder and CEO of Unlimited Capital Advisors, a certified public accounting firm in New Jersey that delivers customized financial solutions for a diversified spectrum of clientele. Sharif has over 21 years of experience working in the financial services industry. Today, Sharif and his team maintain a lean operation with multiple streams of revenue, including advisory, financial, and professional services, which has allowed him to persevere over the course of this pandemic. He also creates timely and relevant educational content on various different financial topics, including wealth management, taxes, and entrepreneurial finance. On the show, Sharif opens up about his lean operation and the importance of having a technology-enabled business in order to survive and thrive in the future. He also discusses the success of his educational content and his plans for using it to continue to grow his firm. Before you hear from Sharif and I, make sure you subscribe to the Best Podcast newsletter at the link in the show notes. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate it if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who can benefit from hearing these inspiring and uplifting stories of Black entrepreneurs. We appreciate you tuning in with us today and hope you enjoy the following episode. Sharif, welcome to the best podcast. How's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. And for our listeners that are tuning in, you can't see Sharif, but he's rocking a St. Benedict's Prep uh, t-shirt. And I had the honor and privilege of working at St. Benedict, Benedict's Prep for three years running the residence hall um, when I first left the Marine Corps. So uh, I told him, I was like, I'm not an alumni of St. Benedict's, but I feel like I put blood, sweat and tears into them kids. So, you know, it's great to see you rep, rep, repping that gear and uh, connecting with you on those terms. Hey, forever a great B, man. We, we we rocking it up there on High Street. So, you know, um, if you're a part of the mission, then, you know, you're a part of the brotherhood. Absolutely. So, Sharif, do me a favor and introduce yourself to our listeners. Let them know a little about your background and your business. Okay. Well, so that you know, um, I'm a native son of Newark, New Jersey. Um, I went to elementary school right on, at Harriet Tubman on South 10th Street. And from there, I, I went to St. Benedict's um, from 7th to 12th grade. Um, always been in the area, whether living in Newark, Irvington, East Orange. Um, I went on from there to NYU and I studied um, economics with a minor in politics. And I went into pro um, my professional life at um, a big four accounting firm and went on to get my master's, um, my MBA actually in um, finance and accounting also from NYU. I also have a master's in tax from Rutgers um, Business School. So um, I've been in corporate America for a little over um, 20 years. And um, around 2008, when the, um, the housing bubble occurred, I was working at a hedge fund in Connecticut. 
and um, my wife and I, we were expecting my first child. And um, when she was born, I, I would say that my, you know, my value system changed. And, you know, I really wanted to be that dad that was present for everything. So, you know, in the midst of all that, I walked away from corporate America, started my own business, um, unlimited financial group, and um, never looked back. Um, we pretty much um, do th three main things. Um, we have a CPA um, arm, a um, insurance um, arm, as well as a wealth management arm. And basically, our motto is essentially to be the one-stop shop or source for solutions to the everyday financial challenges that our, our clients face. Um, we work with people up and down the um, income spectrum, and we um, aspire to um, be present to help you know people, especially in urban centers, um, to find financial solutions in a you know non um, in a in a safe environment, meaning that they're working with fiduciaries and people interested in um, representing their best interests and not necessarily fleecing them and trying to sell them products or um, put them in a worse situation than they came to us in. Love it. And especially, you know, financial literacy is very important, uh, particularly for urban entrepreneurs. You know, you got to learn how to how to read the, the, the financial sheets, you know, uh, manage. Absolutely. Um, I so tell people all the time, if, if, you, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So, you know, um, knowing your numbers is one of the hallmarks of whether or not, you know, your business has a chance of, of succeeding over the long run. Absolutely. So let me ask you this, Sharif, as you start to look back on the last 16 months, obviously the global pandemic and all the uncertainties it's caused, you know, when you think of the word resilience, what does that mean to you? For me, um, and again, you know, my, my mom was always a worry ward, right? And so she taught me that, you know, just when you think things are cool and everything is, is um, you know, bright and sunny, you know, always be ready for, for something to knock you off your perch or to put you in an uncomfortable position. I mean, her phrase was, there's always something, right? So when COVID hit, I mean, definitely it, it was something that was, you know, kind of out of nowhere. But at the same time, I think that it, you know, caused a lot of businesses, including myself, to rethink the way we go about doing business. So all those projects about, you know, be, being virtual and being able to touch your clients in different ways, you know, they were no longer, you know, wishful projects on the horizon. They were essential, you know, projects that need to be executed immediately in order to survive. So, you know, for for businesses like mine, you know, getting online, you know, pr providing timely and useful content to different constituencies, whether it's you know your everyday person how to how to get your how to get access to your stimulus funds if you haven't filed a tax return um getting those um getting access to um you know food pantries getting access getting vouchers for um um farmers markets 
you know, helping clients in every single way and not necessarily looking for payment, but just being a resource and, and being um, that that part of the community as, you know, we all try to, you know, some businesses, they say they are, but, you know, at that time, it was really about being what you say you are and, and really um, providing more service than necessarily looking for um, reward. Um, and definitely um, changing just the way you deliver your messages to people, whether it's through blogging, social media, you know, the, is the minute you got information, I mean, I remember when the CARES Act was coming out, you know, and going through its different iterations through Congress, I was on social media literally deciphering the language to people in plain language so they understood what the law meant and how they can benefit from it and and really you know helping them to whenever you know guidance came out from the irs you know or the sba getting that information right out to people so it was definitely about changing the way you you communicate and touch your constituents you know even you know people that aren't clients just just reaching out to your networks and really helping to delineate that information in a timely fashion yeah, I love hearing that, too, because at the end of the day, business is really just about helping people. And uh, I know that, you know, when that pandemic first hit, people were looking at their money, they're counting their coin, you know. So I'm sure, you you know, those blog posts and those videos uh, went a long way, particularly in educating the urban community about, you know, um, opportunities to get, you know, these grants and the PPP loan and all that kind of stuff for their businesses. Because we saw a lot of the reports that came out and just how unprepared a lot of these businesses were. To take advantage of these opportunities well i think that when the when the first you know um you know provisions of the law came out you know th they were written not to really contemplate the state of what small businesses are in america right i mean when when they were trying to come up with these ppp loans you know they weren't contemplating the fact that you know restaurants you know got you know, for one, whether it's right or wrong, you know, they got people that they're paying under the table and, and, you know, they're not necessarily on the books. They got businesses that regularly run in the red, you know, um, they might be cash rich, but on paper, they're poor. And, and to base a loan on, you know, your net revenues is, is a poor measure of how to get people, you know, the, the, the capital and resources that they need. Um, you know, a lot of businesses, you know, don't, don't have the clean books that some of the larger businesses do. So it was really, um, in, in some ways a tone deaf approach or, 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 or um, solution that really didn't help to, you know, support the small businesses who really, are the I believe the, the the heart and soul of this of this economy, you know, the U.S. economy in general. Yeah, I think one of the benefits you have is because you are, you know, in the financial realm, you get to see behind the curtain of what's really going on in a lot of these businesses, um, and you get that grassroots level, you know. And it's very hard for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially Black entrepreneurs, when they're managing, you know, sales and marketing and the day to day of running a business, while also trying to take care of the administrative stuff all while doing it for the first time for a lot of people um, that can't afford to have that kind of staff to help them out. So uh, you bring a lot of insight into this for our listeners. And again, I'm, I'm so glad you're on here. 
So one of the things I also want to ask you is, so in your own journey, I know you mentioned before about, you know, writing blogs and everything else, but talk us through how you were able to survive in general, like how you were able to generate revenue, because, you know, a lot of black owned businesses stopped generating revenue back in March. You know, I think it was numbers upwards of 40%. So even though you were giving and helping people, you still had to bring in some income. So talk to us about that. Well, I, I would I would also kind of point to, you know, the nature of my business is that it's relatively lean. So, um, you know, as long as I have a laptop, you know, Internet access, you know, certain level of software, um, I've been um, somewhat um, fortunate to be able to, you know, kind of tighten the belt, so to speak. And again, I kind of you know, I, I live what I preach, right? So I always tell people, you know, every now and then you need to practice tightening your belt because you never know when that dress rehearsal is going to become a live performance, right? So, I mean, when, you know, people, when, when dollars were getting, you know, tight, when things were getting tight, I mean, for me, it was, I was able to, you know, work off of reserves because I always thought it was, it's always a good practice to maintain savings and reserves for a rainy day. But also, um, you know, I have a diversity of services, which brings me different levels of, um, you know, income. Now, obviously, with things like the PPP kicking in, that provided a lot of opportunities for me to reach out and help small businesses to, um, you know, help them secure their funding, as well as, you um, you know, just changing some of the services that I provided. Um, you know, one of the things that we didn't do before um, COVID was um, we didn't really offer Medicare. We provided Medicare um, guide, you know, advisement, advisement, and we helped people get set up with Medicare, but we didn't actually um, place those those actual um, insurances with, you know, our senior pop, our senior constituents. So we actually started rolling that out. And a result of um, of COVID, and then just in general, we um, like I said, we were we have three main different business, you know, um, areas, and you know when one when two were down, one was was up and was really humming along, and that was you know our CPA side and helping people get you know PPP loans get their. Um, their EIDL loans, um, helping them to, if they needed to get tax returns done in order to secure loans, we were able to get those things done. Um, so we were really able to kind of tread water and be able to provide a lot of free services because of those opportunities that arose from the um, pandemic. Did you see any businesses have to uh, close their doors? Unfortunately, yes, a lot of a lot of businesses um, in, in some situations, you know, um, due to not being able to secure adequate funding in a timely fashion, um, you know, may, you know, they had to make that that decision to close their doors and in some situations, believe it or not, when they were able to, um, like, let's say they went through a brief um, moment where they laid off workers, and then they then they got funding. They had a hard time getting workers back to come back, whether it was due to, you know, the unemployment, you know, situation where people were making more on unemployment than they were actually working or just, you know, 
some people just feeling um, betrayed or, or, or left out the, the, the drive because, um, you know, they had to they had to be let go and they were kind of, you know, felt like they were, you know, that their, their employers kind of deserted them in, in their biggest time of need. So, I mean, it was definitely a lot of um, different situations that, that led to, you know, some businesses shuttering. But, again, it really boiled down to, you know, that first response not necessarily being um, the right response when it came to understanding, you know, who needed the funds and the circumstances under which they had um, they established the rules to to provide access for people to get those funds. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I'll be honest. I'm looking at your. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. I saw the NYU graduate. You know, I got the MBA. I saw the Rutgers certificate, and I was like, this brother's got some business acumen. You know, and you're coming on here talking about some of the challenges that you know you had to face and the challenge you've seen in the local community. And a lot of the best entrepreneurs that I've had a chance to interview, you know, a lot of them don't come from, um, uh, how do I say this, right? A lot of them have uh, education backgrounds and it's still hard for them. And so it makes me wonder, you know, how hard is it for those people out there that don't necessarily have the same level of, you know, business acumen as yourself and some of the other recipients? Oh, it's, 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 I mean, it's being behind the eight ball a hundred percent. Or even a thousand percent, because I mean, you got you know, not only is it you know, you're trying to run a business, and obviously, you can't be a jack of all trades, right? So you're relying on you know, you know, your your service providers, your your um your team of professionals, but in some of these situations, um, some of the people that you know you're relying on may not necessarily have your best interests at heart. Um, especially if they're not, you know, trusted advisors working in your corner, or they're only trust, they're only coming around and servicing you when you're flush with cash and things are going well. But when it, things are tight and it's not 100% sure that they can pay you, let's say in a timely fashion, you know, maybe they're not picking up the phone as much, or they're not being as responsive to you. While at the same time, you know, you're trying to, you know, survive which, you know, is, is a challenge in and of itself. Where do you credit your success to being able to navigate this chaotic? I know you mentioned your mom saying something's, there's always something, but clearly you got, you know, you, you got a little acumen um, from your universities and where else? Um, I mean, I've, I've had a, a number of great mentors who, you know, in addition to, you know, the greatest mentor, my mom, I mean, I've had, you know, great biz business mentors along the way who, you know, not just taught me how to be a professional, but, you know, taught me about customer service, taught me about um, it just how a business runs. And, and, you know, I've always kind of had my own view on things that, you know, it's no good for me to climb up a certain ladder if I'm not reaching back for others. Because again, it, it goes into, we're all in the same boat. And, and you know, it's, it's no, nothing's good when I'm at one end of the boat living, living this plush life while my brothers and sisters are struggling at the other. You know, eventually 
their their challenges become my challenges in some form or fashion. I firmly believe that. So I will always, you know, kind of have this mentality that, you know, as as I grow and as I climb, as as I become, you know, the professional that, you know, I've always wanted to be, that that evolution isn't complete unless I'm giving back, unless I'm working to um, help others and in, in, in whatever it is that I can do in terms of, you know, whether it's the, you know, providing, you know, complimentary and pro bono services or whether it's, you know, bringing on an intern and, and helping, you know, to develop a, a young professional from the community to, you know, follow in my footsteps or find their own path, wherever it may be. But, um, you know, it's just it's just a hallmark of what I believe that, you know, you're not you're not you're not a success story unless you're helping others, you know, achieve success as well. Yeah. You know, my core philosophy in life is lift as we climb. And it's probably why we both, you know, life brought us both to St. Benedict's, me as a, you know, employee, you as a student. But uh, I think that's a testament to kind of who we are now as you start to look towards the future. And even tell us to tell end of this pandemic, whenever it ends, talk to us about how you're going to be thriving, you know, or how you were able to thrive on the other side of, of this pandemic, you know, new business opportunities or, or uh, where you were like, man, I really didn't think about this before, but this is really, it's been a real successful move for us. Well, I mean, the main thing for us is obviously the content, you know, develop, delivering content, um, a lot of um, new clients um, and, opportunities have come our way based on the the amount of content that we've generated and um and i i've received we've received a lot of um you know i, I wouldn't say accolades but definitely a lot of um, positive feedback on the quality of what we put out there and you know we want to um you know hopefully utilize what opportunities or grant money to create more content and and create um, more awareness to um, help people to you know access whatever resources that are out there or help them make them more um, proactive and aware of you know new changes in laws um, tax rules that will benefit you know our constituents so that you know, even if they're incorporating one of the pieces of advice that or no, I don't want to go there to say this advice, but sharing, using, utilizing the information that we provide, they can go out and help hopefully make better decisions that will put their families, their organizations in a better financial or more secure financial footing. Um, we think that that's, um, you know, quality information that um, is worth, you know, the time and, and the effort. I'm a big fan of educational content, and that actually creates a lot of brand loyalty. I know some of my favorite platforms are the the uh, brands that push out content on, like, I, I run a newsletter, you know, how to write a good newsletter, you know what I mean? How to pick good titles, all that kind of stuff. It creates that, yes. that trust, and so I'm sure you're applying that same in the financial services space. When we talk about patient capital, particularly for Black-owned businesses, how important do you think that is to have access to grants, and low interest loans to be able to keep you in the fight and also have opportunities to grow. I mean, it's critical. I mean, especially 
if you're in a digital space, I mean, the evolution, I mean, true that, you know, some technology becomes cheaper over time, but the ability to be nimble and to, you know, um, be strategic in executing strategies um, that whether they're web-based or social media-based um, requires the funding that's necessary to produce that content. And, you know, whether it's time, whether it's hiring the right professionals or utilizing the right um, services, I mean, it's all, it all costs money. And, you know, um, I think that when you have the right um, type of capital, meaning that you're, you have capital that gives you the ability to, you know, to optimally like distribute it or, or, or utilize it to, you know, invest um, properly in business growing, um, you know, opportunities or business growing projects that may not necessarily bear fruit right, right away. Um, having the right type of capital, whether it's a low interest loan or a grant, allows you that ability to do so. Um, if I want to plant roots in in Newark personally, and I needed to, you know, secure, you know, um, a location, you know, whether it's you know dealing with um, when you know dealing with a landlord who wants you know wants to lock you in for you know ten years with a five year you know um, opt out option and, you know, signage and zoning and insurance and trying to hire staff and getting, you know, um, workers comp insurance and payroll, all those things. And that's before you see one person, you know, all that money's coming out the door. So, you know, to have the right type of capital that allows you the opportunity to get established and to um, you know execute your strategy and allow it time to bear fruit is just critical, especially for a young business that is trying to find its way. Whereas if you're out there hunter hunting and gathering from day one, you know you're probably making decisions that you otherwise wish you didn't have to make because you're doing it to, to to get through the day instead of investing for a better, you know, or a more fruitful tomorrow. And um, I think that with the right type of capital, you know, that allows you to, to kind of see the forest from the trees and really start to strategically deploy capital so that you're investing in um, opportunities that better position you to um, get out of this reactive mode and, and really try to be pro um, proactively um, putting your business in a position so that you know, if a next another shutdown were to occur, or um, some other um, event that you know really, you know, requires us to 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 shift gears in the way that we deliver our services or our products, um, we would be in the best position to do so. And you know, you're an educated you're an educated man, educated entrepreneur, financial background, right? You've already talked about some of the mistakes you've seen with regards to the PPP loans and how that was distributed. What do you think the impact investing community is doing right 
and is doing wrong with regards to patient capital for black owned businesses? Hmm. I mean, you know, it's hard to say that it's what people are doing wrong because there are so many different circumstances that dictate what people do. Um, And I hate to, you know, kind of paint a broad brush on the actions of, of, of others, because again, we're not, you know, it's all about walking in another person's shoes and, and their businesses have different, you know, lives and paths and circumstances of their own. I would just simply say that, you know, what I would say is that if we're, if you're not investing your business into the disruptive technologies or the, um, the things that thrived during, you know, the shutdown, um, you're missing, you're missing the big picture of what's happening here in this marketplace. Um, there's a lot of things that this, I mean, I mean, I can get into a bigger, bigger discussion about, you know, the marginalization of the middle class and the squeezing out of small businesses, you know, as, as things begin to consolidate. But what I will say is that, you know, this businesses in general will survive only if they're nimble enough to survive. If they believe that the brick and mortar model will sustain them. Um, again, you can look to this past pandemic to show you that that, that approach is in peril. Um, just, a, I mean, you name it, whether it's groceries being delivered to your door, whether it's, um, you know, mail order pharmaceutical, pharmacy um, prescriptions being delivered to your door. Um, we're in a, we're in a digital age and we're in, um, a place where information can be, you know, information is fungible, um, it's easily accessible. Um, and if you're not utilizing it to, you know, to, to promote your business, to build your business and to think about what is the next evolutionary step in your business growth or strategy, then you're doing so at your peril. So, um, so I definitely think that when capital is being, you know, placed with you or you have access to it, if you're not utilizing it in, like I said, disruptive technologies or technology that is available to um, maybe change the model or transform the model of your business, then you're probably missing out on, a, on an opportunity there. No, that's great advice, Sharif, and I appreciate you for sharing it, and I appreciate you for spending this time with us to educate the community a little bit more about, you know, your business, what you see, you know, someone at the grassroots level working with a lot of these businesses, and the importance of investing in basically infrastructure in this disruptive uh, technology for a lot of Black-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses. So before we let you go, can you tell us how we can support you, how we can uh, follow you? Well, I mean, you can feel free to reach out um, to, you know, to check out my blog. Um, it's njcpablog.com. 
Um, you know, I, I, I put a, a number of posts there as well as links to articles that I've written in several periodicals. And also you can feel free to visit um, one of our websites. It's um, www.unlimitedfinancialadvisors, all one word. I mean, I'm sorry, Unlimited Capital Advisors. I get I get the organization mixed up myself. So that's unlimitedcapitaladvisors.com where um, you can, that's a landing page where you can um, come check out um, information about one of our investment advisory organizations and um, find out more about what we are doing and, and our backgrounds and our business. And you can feel free to um, make an appointment for a complimentary consultation. Awesome, Sharif. Well, thanks again for joining us. And for our listeners, do us a favor and subscribe to Black Entrepreneurs Survive and Thrive on Substack, our newsletter for the series at the link in the show notes. You can also listen on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate it if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who can benefit from hearing these inspiring and uplifting stories. To learn more about the Center for Urban Entrepreneurship and Economic Development, at Rutgers Business School, visit www.business.rutgers.edu slash cued. That's C-U-E-E-D. We'll be sure to include the link in the show notes as well. Until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.